Philippines is a third world country. You know, it's not the prettiest place to live in. It's a great place to visit and be a tourist, but growing up there, you see a lot of struggle from people, right? And I think that seeing that and experiencing that and knowing where my parents come from and having the struggles that they've gone through adds to that motivation of wanting to become a better version of myself and trying to create opportunities not only for myself, but for my family. I am so burnt out, dude. There's been days I just don't want to get out of bed. I'm like, this is not good because I need to love doing what I do. Like, I am a content creator. I need to be in front of the camera. I'm literally waking up 5.30, clocking off at 9 p.m., 9.30, 10.30. And I struggle to sleep because I have so many ideas that I want to execute. But I also understand that I need to sleep. So you're in bed for like two hours. I just wasted so much time. So you end up getting up and doing the work and then you just don't sleep. Growing up, I separated myself too much from the people that I used to watch. So my goal for my page is like, dude, I'm literally just like you. I'm just Alex Mendoza from the fucking hills. Nothing special. I came from a third world country. Why can't you do it? Just capitalize on that. This is Alex Mendoza and this is Life, Money, and Love. Just quickly before we get started, guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, can I please ask that you consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing on whatever platform you've been listening. It really helps the podcast grow. All right, sweet. Everyone, pre-warning, we're both really, really tired and really loopy, but we've got that schizo energy, so we don't That's know what's going to come up on this podcast. Um, today, I'm really excited. We have Alex Mendoza, founder of Evolution Coaching, which is essentially your, your, your coaching, your training platform where you help yes, men and women achieve the body and habits they need to fucking change their life, That's look it, good, feel man. good, yeah. build confidence. I'm all about that in, a, in an effort to help even build your confidence as well. I wear a singlet just to make you look even bigger. So uh, shout out to that. Thank we had, um, I might try to keep this little theme going. We had uh, Sonny Webster yesterday, who's an Olympian. I wore my little Sydney mm. Sydney 2000 shirt. So we'll see how far we can keep this going. I was going to wear my wife Vita, but I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you should have done it, I kind of wanted to match your vibe. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, let me dress a little bit. So we've kind of swapped roles yeah, right now. exactly. That's exactly like the type of shit that I usually wear. So yeah, it's funny. I was going to wear a wife Vita. I'm like, oh no, let's... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it up I'm like, no, I want to, I want to show everyone yeah. for context how big you really is. So, well, because I'm always in wife beaters. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm always in the gym, so when I do get a chance to kind of go out and dress yeah. nice, I'll take it. You know. Yeah, like I, I'm, you, I'm the, I'm exactly the opposite. I wear a lot of these like under, under like shirts. And it's stuff a good open. look though. Like I would wear yeah. that sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes when you wear tight clothing all the time, it gets annoying. Yeah, see, you I know? don't. This is my only opportunity <laughs> to. Um, I haven't been in a gym. I haven't lifted weights. I can't wait to talk about all the training and how I got into it. I was really into it for ages. I'd love to. I haven't yeah. properly fucking trained uh, in a gym for like three, four years. Um, but it was a big part of my life for, yeah. for ages. So I'm keen to jam and all that stuff. So Maybe. what I want to talk to you about, man, there's heaps business, mindset, the content creation, mm. how you've been able to explode and build how, uh, between just fa uh, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram and TikTok, over yeah. half a million followers in the space of like two years. So get into all that. And then obviously your training and coaching and how yeah, you yeah. develop your own mindset and how you help, help your um, clients get results as well. But I think for, sure. for your story, man, like – we got to start – for most people, we start here, but I think for yours and, and, and your journey where you've gone, it's even more pivotal, your childhood and kind yeah. of the experiences there. Now, um, I know you lived over in the Philippines, so you're like yeah, seven before yeah. you moved over. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember much of that? What was that like? Oh, not really. I just remember, you know, um, obviously the Philippines is a third world country. You know, it's not the prettiest place to live in. Um, it's a great place to visit and be a tourist, but growing up there, you see a lot of struggle from people, right? And I think that – Seeing that and experiencing that and knowing where my parents come from and having the struggles that they've gone through adds to that motivation of wanting to become a better version of myself and trying to create opportunities not only for myself but for my family as well, which I try to do. But later on, you know, as you kind of expand and grow businesses, you start to realize that sometimes having family in the business yeah. 
isn't the best thing, you know? <laughs> Dude, it, it, it's very it's very hit and miss for a lot of people. I've yeah. had great experiences with it. Like okay. I, had, I hired my cousin who's way smarter than me, my older cousin. Yeah. Help. It was awesome. I hired my brother to do like the warehouse stuff in the early days. It was awesome. Yeah. But there were days when it was me, my cousin, and, and my little brother in the office. And, you, and we're just like, you fucking dickhead. Yeah. Like, all that stuff It's hard to create out. that separation, right? Yeah, yeah. And like you don't want to be – like sometimes you need to say things to get shit done, but then you also don't want to offend them. Yeah. And at some points, you know, you got to get shit done. You know? Yeah. Do you, do you work with, or do you have like any family members that you, you work with closely now? Or? Um, I used to do a lot of stuff with my brother, mm -hmm. um, but after America, I think it was just too much for him. And I think he, he loves it and he's great and all, but um, I think he just wanted a different direction because I'm heavy in the fitness space, mm -hmm. but he's more into car photography, car videography. So, you know, I'm like, you know, if that's what you want to do, I don't want to, confine you just in this one area but the opportunities are there the network's there yeah. um so if i were you i would capitalize on it but don't feel forced to you know yeah. be your own person the last thing you want to feel is living under your older brother's kind of shadow mm -hmm. like that's a shitty feeling right and where do you think his head's at now with that once you had that conversation is he gonna try and do more of his own thing or he's he's, gonna he's definitely trying i see that and i'm really proud to see him do that because he was in a position where he was a little bit lost didn't know what to do his friends treated him like shit and you know it, was, it kind of Broke my heart seeing him like that. So I tried to really sculpt him. Me, me and him are very different. I'm very, um, I don't give a fuck about how I feel. I just get shit done. Mm -hmm. Whereas he's a little bit more sensitive and empathetic, which is great. Um, but for me, I find that disadvantageous in certain situations. You need to be able to separate logic and emotion, especially when it comes to making business decisions, right? Yeah, it's, it's good to have the emotion to fuel you and motivate yeah. you, whether it be good or bad. Yeah. Like, you know, good things can be motivations. Bad experiences can be even more so motivations exactly. to change your life, to do better. But there comes a point where, like, just following your moods and emotions, mm. you have to take it out of it because yeah. there's going to be days where you don't feel like fucking doing the work. You feel motivated. You feel like shit. Yeah. You're doubting yourself You're a little tired. bit more than you should. You're tired. Yeah. Exactly. Um, how much younger is your brother? He's like, he's a, like, I think 19, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know. Different generation. Hey? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's good to see him thrive. And I just want to show my brothers and him that, you know, you don't need a fucking uni degree. I mean, I got one, but yeah. like, you, I, I didn't use it. All it did was give me $60,000 of hex fees <laughs> that I have to pay off. What'd you study at uni? I did. Um, so what I studied was, I have a bachelor's degree of visual communications and also a diploma in design and architecture. Didn't fucking use it. Yeah, not at all. Not right. directly. I mean, like it helps with branding and creative direction. And I'm able to kind of shape and form my brand identity. But then there comes to a point where you don't want to be doing all the creation and you just outsource yeah. that, right? But if you just spend six months on YouTube doing that yourself, you probably could have. Yeah. And if I spent six months on just scaling social media, mm -hmm. imagine where that would have taken you. And yeah. that was four years of my fucking life gone, you know? Dude, the times have changed so much. And uh, yeah. as I was doing my research on you, like with, with your brother, like my, uh, the, uh, my brother's 22. So it's like mm, they've okay. they've been like, they've grown up like, I feel like we grew up, we had more of our childhood without like the social media pressure yes. with all the, all the talk. Like yeah. it's just so much on the young developing brain, particularly with like young guys who traditionally have never been encouraged to talk about mm. emotions or yeah. to process all their thoughts properly. And now it's really fucking slippery slope now. I feel like yeah. particularly with all the shit that's gone on in the last few years or the fucking lockdowns, the mental health mm. crisis is even more. And it's just like finding a way out of that. And I feel like leaning on people who – like an older brother or yeah, a mentor that yeah. can help guide these yeah. kids out of that is really important 100%. because I think right now with where the society society is going as well as there's an extent like I do believe that talking about mental health and speaking about your emotions is super fucking important but there's also a point where you just don't be a bitch about it you yeah. know what I mean like there's like that fine line of it's very important to um 
acknowledge your mental health because that helps create longevity in doing what you do. And it's very important to, you know, be happy, right? At the end of the day, as humans, we're just trying to be happy, right? But there's also a point where people are too worried about, you know, they just get too offended too fast or something like their, their thresholds are just too fucking low. You know what I mean? And that's a problem today because what we're doing in today's society and media is allowing that and be like, this is okay to feel like that. Like, no, dude, like harden the fuck up. Like life yeah, is hard. Yeah, like it's it's fine to feel whatever emotion you want to feel. Yes. I feel the whole range of emotions. Exactly, me too. It's like, but there's you need to do something with it. You don't, can't just sit so, in the emotion. Yeah, like, that's a fucking problem. Like don't be okay. Like it's okay to feel that way, but it's not okay to not do anything about it. Yeah. That's a fucking problem. And yeah. too many people are not doing anything about it. It's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm conscious. I don't want to be someone that, you know how every generation bashes the next generation. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But That's I really so don't true. agree with it. Like yeah. some of the things, like it's the overcoddling of kids. The, yeah. um, I guess the, we grew up different, right? Yeah, yeah, but like, sure, we might've had to go through harder things. And it's like this generation, we want to take away all the hard, yeah. all the hard things from the kids. We don't want to make them ever feel uncomfortable, ever yeah. feel offended, yeah. ever feel like they ever have to work too hard. But it's those things that we had to go through mm-hmm. as adolescents, as kids exactly. that like build the foundations for us to be able to cop yes. shit yeah. and just, you know, g- grit your teeth and fucking find a way to push through. But it's the same thing, as you said, generational, right? Like I'm sure our parents are looking at us like, like you guys need to harden the fuck up yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I guess for it's sure, sad. Bro. It's always going to be like that, I feel. But with the like rate of change mm. of like technology, it changes so fast. I feel like also in the last few years, the change of like the societal values of and norms. really and norms has yeah. changed really fast. And yeah. it's like, I'm all for like positivity and inclusion, but it's like, wh- at what point does like things push the boundary a little Become bit too, too much? much? Yeah. I, I, I'm, bro, I'm telling you, I live in Newtown. I, yeah. I, I, obviously, I, I'm, I, I, I care about everyone, but I feel like I love this sometimes when, when, Equality, like, I don't think equality needs to turn into hypersexualization of no, things. No, no. Oh, man, I want to dig into this. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like all, all that stuff. Would you say it almost has become propaganda at this point? Like, like I feel like they're pushing it too much. I, I, I think, think it's that beyond too. equality, bro. I, I think that too, but I, I think it's like, it's damaging. It's yes. damaging what, what, what the movement started yeah, out of. It started out of an awesome thing. Everyone yeah. should feel like they welcome. can be them fucking selves. Yes, yes welcome. Yes. Safe. Included. Included. For sure. But now it's like, we, oh man, okay. So the thing is, and this is what fucking pisses me off because I used to work at a strip club mm-hmm. um, as a topless waiter. I don't really talk about it too much anymore. <laughs> but the experiences that you experience, right? Like I've had drag queens touch me in ways that they shouldn't be, for yeah. example, right? But it's all fun and fucking games. But that made me really uncomfortable. But if I spoke about it as a straight male, I'm a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Now let's reverse the role. If I were to do that to a female, where would I be? Yeah. You know what I mean? So things like that, or like, um, and again, I love everybody. Like I, you know, I think everybody should feel comfortable, welcome, and definitely express themselves because there's, there's nothing worse than not being able to be yourself. But I think what society has down, done is just allow, like they've really blurred the lines, you know? Like I feel like at this point, now I don't want to say <laughs> that we're, we're kind of turning to a different conversation, but it's like, we're almost like as men unable to do certain things, you know, like we're almost being suppressed at this, you know, yeah, I, I don't want to argue I, with, I know what, I don't, do you know I know, I know what you mean. Um, do you even see how we have to be fucking careful about what we say right now? Yeah. Yeah. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, bro, but like there's, there's double standards all over the yeah. shop. It's getting so confusing. Like it, it, it goes both ways. It's not just on guys. It's mm. like, okay, 
Exactly. And it goes back to the hypersexualization part as well. Like guys sleeps with a lot of girls. Oh, you're mad. Mm. You're a player. This, yeah. that. It's like almost exactly right. to a lot of people. It's like, yeah, it's mad. And then for, for women would be like, oh, you're. It's bad. Well, I actually know? look at it the same way. Like I don't look mm. at men who sleep around to be high value men. Yeah, no. Nah. You know, like if you can't control your fucking dick, dude. You know, you, how how would you be when you when it comes down to making decisions in businesses? Mm -hmm. Like if you're falling into temptation that easily, right? It's 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 the it's the biggest and easiest temptation to, to lead a man yeah, astray. Hundred percent. And for me, it's like I will behave the way I expect my partner to behave. Mm -hmm. That's that's fucking equality. You know, yeah, that's yeah, keeping yeah. it fair. No double standards. If I don't want you to be texting somebody, I'm not gonna be doing the same thing because that's just unfair. And I think it's important to just have that balance and. Just treat people the way you want to be treated. You know what I mean? There's a lot of there's a lot of crazy shit that goes on in the world now, and mm. I, I um I don't want to bring up like open up old wounds and stuff, but I think on this topic of like the way shit is going, I want to talk to you about a story that you you've shared about. I think you know maybe you know where I'm going when you're 20 years old, going you're gonna go away on a trip for your uh, birthday and anniversary with with an oh, old girlfriend yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, day. Yeah. And what, what was it? Tell us the story. What happened? So it's a bit of a long one, but long story short, um, we dated. To, uh, we've been together for about four years, so sixteen to twenty-one. And the problem with that is, you become reliant at such a young age on having a partner. You become so dependent on. You know, you almost fear becoming alone. So that so when she left, it was difficult to learn how to be alone. Um, but yeah, essentially, what happened was, I do believe she started seeing her boss. Uh, she used to come home all the time and pretty much talk shit about him. And then eventually, one week before departure, um, we were literally about to fly out. She she spoke with me and said, hey, look, like I can't go, like we need to break up. And I'm like, why, like, let's fix it. You know, like I'm willing to give it another crack, like, I'll try to become better, et cetera. Um, and it was just a bit flaky, the responses. Like, again, this is my interpretation. You know, she could completely say something else. And I would admit that I have flaws, everybody has flaws. I'm not saying it's wholly like, all her fault, always take responsibility and you know acknowledge the fact that you can always be improving. But essentially, I, I, I went to Hawaii, we were still talking and then um, one day she just blocked me. <laughs> like just, she just blocked me out of nowhere. Like we were chatting and the next day like blocked. And I was like, what the fuck's that's going weird. on? Yeah, and I'm like four years, dude, that's a long time. <laughs> um, so I texted her through my brother and essentially she replied saying, hey, like I'm seeing somebody new. I can't, um, you know, it's unfair and disrespectful for him, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, I got so mad. I was like, are you serious? Like I asked you so many times, if it's another guy, just tell me so I can move the fuck on, right? But anyways, look, I don't blame her. She's She had a really rough past. Um, so unfortunately I was just collateral damage. Everybody's still learning. I don't hold it against her. Um, and it's just part of life. Do you, do you think going through that experience at a, obviously there's the formidable years when you're like a kid up to seven, but then when you're, going through puberty and becoming a man, experiences that happen in your late teens, I feel like really, really fucking mm. shaped the next 10 years yeah. of your life as well. Do you feel like going through that negative experience has like driven you more oh, towards bro. like wanting to be like, um, like you said, really like respectful and in a relationship that yeah. like there are boundaries yeah. and like more committed than maybe you would have. Maybe if, if that didn't happen, you could have been more tempted to go down the other path or? I think my morals and values as a male in a relationship has remained the same, I would like to think so. Um, I, I would like to believe that I was quite fair for majority for most of the most 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 circumstances. But where it's changed was what what scarred me was fuck. I never want to feel replaceable again. Mm. You know that's and like when I say that it triggers something in me, bro. 
And like, it, I guess that's like a scar that, cause whenever I talk about it, I kind of feel, I feel, I feel a certain way. So like that idea of being irreplaceable and that's what drives me forward. Like I never want to feel replaced again. Yeah. I think dude, as like, I, I assume from, from, from what I know about you, mm. you're like me, a very ambitious guy. I feel like when, when, when uh, am, ambitious guys, um, when they're 18, 19, 20 mm. years old, get their heart broken, you've got a massive yeah, yeah. chip on your shoulder then. Yeah. And it's like, you never want to be put in that position again. No and way, looking dude. back, like being hurt around that age and just like, same, same with me, you have mm. relationships and you break their heart, they break your heart. I feel like it's so easy to like put these walls up, you know, yeah, and, you know, yeah. let it affect you in a negative yeah. way. And like, yeah, because I've done, I th you just said that. And I, I, I've, I try and analyze myself in my past and, and why I think the way I think. Mm. And, and I love the um, amount of self-confidence that I've able to build. It's unshakable. I wouldn't care if every single one of you guys in the room said you're a fucking loser. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, my, in my head, I'm like, bro, you guys are so dumb if you think that you're yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the way I think. But it's yeah. like, I feel like I've had to look, there's a lot of aspects to it. But one of them is like going through those experiences where you kind of get your heart broken as a guy. You're like, I'm never going to feel... And that's with any situation, again. right? Like if you you find a feeling and you hold on to it and be like, fuck, I never want to feel this way again. Like I couldn't, let's say, pay for gas, dude, like $30 gas. And I felt like I could never provide for her. So that's kind of with my current partner. I want to make sure I can fucking provide. And I know for a fact that, you know, she's, she, her head's, she's very switched on and she understands how business works. And like, it might not always be linear and progressive. So it's good, but I feel like that's really sparked a flame of my role as a male is to provide an experience and not just through finance not not just financially but emotionally as well like we have so much responsibility um and like i guess we live in a day and age because of social media that the options are always there mm -hmm. and having said that one thing i also did realize was no matter how rich you might be or how good looking you might be or how strong you might be there's always someone else that's gonna be maybe better in one area. They might be richer, they might be bigger, they might be stronger. So stop giving a fuck. Like if you're worried about your partner cheating on you, just get a different fucking partner, <laughs> you know? They're gonna cheat on you if they wanna cheat on you. That's it, full stop, right? Yeah. But having said that, I still feel like I'm never enough. And I don't know if that's because also my the way my parents raised me, being Asian, you know, Filipinos, our work ethic, it's, it's living up, you know, growing up in the Philippines, like always trying to find ways to create opportunity to put fucking food on the table. You know, everybody was, always fighting for food, you know, cause it's just not enough for everyone. You know? Yeah. And like on, on that as well, kind of linked to what we're talking about before, honestly, I, um, in terms of like my partner, obviously uh, my partner is, is kind of in business as well and mm. stuff. But like, uh, I honestly don't care if they, if they want to be more ambitious than me, yeah. awesome. if they want to have more of like the old school, traditional female role, which I'm not saying is right. I'm not saying it's wrong. They should be able to do, do everyone should be want. able to do whatever the fucking yeah, they want. Yeah. Guys shouldn't feel yes. pressured to have to provide, which they do. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't have to. And girls shouldn't feel like they have to, you know, stay go, at home, or, stay at home yeah. or go and be the, an executive if they don't yeah. want to like, be. Do like, whatever you know the fuck what I mean? you want to do, dude. You know? And, and, and on, on your last point there about like creating this, like, um, creating this, like, uh, invincibility in your mind where you don't ever be replaceable. I think there's some good in that, particularly for the young guys yeah. or young girls that have been heartbroken as well. Mm. Like just be so secure in yourself. Stop giving a fuck. Stop giving a <laughs> fuck. But then there's, there's a point as well that I feel like if you, if you go too far with that for too long, oh, you become yeah. almost emotionally unavailable and you don't realize it. That's interesting because 
that's where I'm at, and that's one thing I'm trying to work on right now. And like that's been a recurring thing for my. Sometimes my partner says it, and she doesn't mean it in a bad way. She's just we like to point each other out, call each other shit out. That's what your partner should do, you know, point out the shit so you can become better. My family says that. Like the other day, I was speaking to my mom, and she's like, "You speak to us like we're your clients. Aww. Like all you speak to us about is money and business." And I'm like, "Well, at the same time, that's what I enjoy. That's what I like to talk about." But sometimes I find it so fucking difficult to just sit there and be present because I'm like, time is ticking, and I can be doing something else, um, which is so insensitive <laughs> you know what i mean it's so selfish but i guess as you navigate through it and i'm still kind of new to the game I'm, I'm, I'm there's a lot of shit that i still gotta figure out uh, you know so i i'm the same something that i uh feedback that i get from multiple people try like over the last year or, or so like a negative thing i guess about me that i'm trying to work on as well at times it can be and this is with all different types of relationships i uh, struggle to be present yeah. And I know how important being present in the moment is. And if we're having a conversation right now on podcast, obviously I'm present. But yeah. it's like when you've got a million things going on in your head and then you get yeah. home from off the office uh, and, and you're having dinner with yeah. your partner or your, or your friends and you're still checking your phone doing yeah. that. It's like it's those moments, you know what I mean? It's, it's those like, moments. Yeah. But it's tricky, bro. Like oh, I'm still learning too. Like yeah. how do you – no one's perfect. Well, you love this, path. right? Yeah. That's it. You got, you're fucking obsessed. Like we have to be to get to where you – how you know to get to certain levels you need to be addicted to it mm -hmm. and sure, unfortunately it sure. just comes with the territory yep. like a lot of um you know i guess women these days want so many qualities in a man for example like you gotta be super successful they gotta be making a fuck ton of money they gotta be emotionally available sometimes you can't have all everything at once you know like right now how, how old are you 29 yeah exactly like you're talking about your business is doing really well right um but you're you know you might still be in a grind period you might still be grinding so Maybe later on, you might be able to be more present, but right now we're still working, we're still building. You can't expect a finished fucking product to begin with. Yeah. We're a work in progress, yeah. you know? And look, don't get me wrong, there's moments where it's easier and there's moments where it's harder. Of course, of course. But finding people that understand yes. the journey you're on. Exactly. And where you want to go and what you're building towards, I think is really important. Um, because everyone requires patience. Yeah. Both sides of a relationship requires patience. 100%. You need to be able to space. understand each other from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And you need to be open to criticism. Too many people get way too defensive. If my partner calls me out on shit, yes, my initial mechanism, like my initial response is a bit of a knee jerk, like, oh, I got to be defensive. But then I try to be aware of that. Take a step back and be like, hold on. Let me just analyze myself a little bit better and let me take on this feedback and fucking work on it. Another, another. I don't want to really call it a trick or anything. It's and it, and it is obvious. Whenever something comes up, mm. whatever type of relationship it's in, and it's like it's whether it be negative feedback or a conversation you need to have that's negative that triggers an emotion in you. Honestly, if you can just, if it was possible in all situations, not if you can just, all right, fuck it, let me walk away for fifteen minutes. Let me just calm down, collect my thoughts. Yeah, just. And then you thing. go and have the conversation so much more in a so much yeah. more mature way. But it's like. Those initial emotions trigger to you, trigger in, in inside of a person, both male and female, and sometimes it's like you have to catch up to that and stop it yeah. before you let that. What I find helps is I actually do take a bit of step back sometimes, and I write down. So what I what I, I guess I guess a little trick you can call as well is I would kind of like the way you would speak to a friend on Facebook. I would open up a spreadsheet or like a Google document, and I would be like, "Hey man, I feel upset today." Or whatever and i'll be like why do you feel sad and i'll be like well this happened and this was my response why do you think you responded that way and through i know it sounds silly but through that process you're able to kind of really dissect the source of the problem and then through that you're able to just okay i now know that it's not actually their fault this is a problem that i'm dealing with because of previous experiences or 
this is why this certain thing happened. And, you know, even when I'm driving at home, you have really hard days. And I guess being the, especially in the beginning, you don't know many people that do the same thing as us, right? Um, so it gets very lonely. And when you have problems, you just want someone to listen to you. But it's so f- hard to find someone to listen to you that understands you because nobody else fucking does it. So what I would do is I would sit in the car and I would open a voice recording file and I would start speaking to myself as if I was speaking to a friend. And then I would just break the fuck down. And then when I break down, and that's when I realized, oh, okay, this triggered an emotion. Let me keep talking about it. And I noticed that I start becoming more and more and more emotional. And then myself, like the other part of my brain, the conscious side, I'm like, okay, this is weird. What's causing that? And then yeah. through that, you just refine re- and, and reiterate. And then that fucking feeling is a feeling you never want to feel again. So you make sure that you do whatever you can to not be in that position again. That's, you know. Yeah, but sometimes, uh, man, I guess what people would call that is like doing the doing the work. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, because, man, I didn't realize how much of who I am and how and how I behave and why and what things motivate me is still linked to things from my past, yeah. my childhood that I never would have fucking thought. thought of until there's a trigger or someone asks you the right question to uh, go deeper on an experience. You know what I mean? And something I'm, I'm thinking about a lot now is like, um, and this is like quite a personal thing. It's because I always talk about, I um, I grew up with my mum and my grandparents. A lot, a lot of people know that. And I still, to this day, I, I don't have any regret. that wouldn't change for the world. I have the best, best relationship with my grandparents. And I, I thought and I believed for, forever, this is until a couple of weeks ago and I'm, I'm still processing it. Um, that it didn't, it didn't affect me in, in any negative way. And, and I still don't think of it as a negative way. But what I realized is um, because now in my life, I have to have everything I want. Like I have to go after everything I want. Um, I, I, I look to win in, every, in, in as many situations as I can. And uh, some people can just say, oh, it's because you're competitive. But what is being competitive, right? Yeah. That's, that, that's a bullshit thing. And who are you competing with? Exactly. Yeah. But it's like oh, in so many different ways. And then I was, I was talking to my partner about it and, and – it was like, because I had the best, absolute best life from zero to like five, six, living with my mum and grandparents, spoiled, mm. center of attention, so much love and you know what I mean? Um, always supported, always told I could. And then I moved in with um, my mum, married my, uh, like my, my stepdad, who great guy, they're still together. My brothers came from that. So it was awesome to have mm. absolutely no animosity towards mum for making that decision, nothing like that, respect it, love, wouldn't want anything yep. to be done differently. But I went from that to then moving into where I was like so loved and like essentially mm-hmm. got everything I wanted to moving in to a house with like a guy I didn't know. And like I had three step siblings living in there and I went from like being the number one to like feeling like a little bit alone mm-hmm. and like the bottom of the food chain. Not that anyone that was ever said or spoken, but only so recently on okay. thinking back – it did. So I got the taste of having everything and then the taste yeah. of not being able to, to, to get that anymore. Yeah. And then I've created this, this standard, this, right? yeah, this beast, this system of like, fuck that. I'm going to create a life, a, a way of being that I can protect that and I can get what I want and no one can take it away from me. Yeah. I love that, dude. I love that. Only just in the last couple of weeks I've been thinking about that, man. It was yeah. a big unlock for me. It's like, fuck, maybe that's it's, a big part sense. of why I'm yeah. like this. It's crazy, right? When you fucking really dive into who you are, like look in the mirror and really break yourself down. And like, apparently that's not a skill that many people can do. Which I'm like, I'm like, it's mind blowing. I think I read something that the voice that we have in our head, not everybody has that voice. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I thought it was. Dude, I shared something. Normal. I shared something on my story the other day. It's like, apparently, oh, do you guys remember what the percentage was? 
It was like 30, only like 30, it's only maybe about 40% of people have a frequent um, voice, voice inside their head. That was from a study in America. I put on my story and like 80% of people said they do, but there were people that said they don't. So That is so weird. Mm-hmm. Like my my brain never shuts off. It's like constantly speaking. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, so to me, it's weird to think that somebody's head is just like quiet. It, the only time it doesn't for me, and it's like I'm not an overthinker. Like I don't have a problem with like anxiety overthinking. But I think I'm thinking all the time. Yeah, it's I like agree. A, a different it's thing, different. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. Like I'm always thinking about what's next. What can I do this? But it's not like you're not blowing up a situation or you're not creating situations in your head. You, you know what's the best for me, and I assume it would be for, for other people. Whether if you have a really busy mind like like I do, is it's like when you find the the activities or the or the processes, the things where you get into it and you're in flow, mm-hmm. like you're in flow state yeah. and you're not thinking about anything yeah. else. Like martial arts is that for me. Um, the podcast is obviously one for me, certain things like activities in business and, and you just get into these moments and like, you look, you watch fuck two hours have gone and it feels like yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah. Those are the best. I feel like we should all be striving to, to create a life where it's yes. not based on how much money can I earn. Yes. It's like, how, how come, how much of, how much time in my day yeah. can I spend doing things where I feel like I'm in flow? Cause I'm so fucking in love with doing That's it. That's one thing I've fucking learned on my recent trip to the States. For two days, I just went with my partner, drove to Malibu, got a Camaro, fucking, Sick. what's it called? Roof down and like sunrise. Dude, it was beautiful. And I was like, I want my life to be like this every fucking day. And I want to find a way to make that my life every day. And I looked at my finances and stuff. I'm like, I can fucking do that now. Why yeah. am I not doing that now? But there's a part of me that still says we're not done yet. You know, there's still so much to build. And, and I don't know if it's, that's one thing I also realized recently is that you need to place your own limitations. Like, what is the end goal? Why do you want to make a fuck ton of money? What are you trying to do with it? You know, there's only, like, I read somewhere that all you really need to make is like ten to $20,000 and you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want, yeah. you know? Um, and then there's a certain range where you're starting to make like, what, 100K plus per year. And that's kind of like, I mean, 100K plus per month. And that's like, fuck you money. You just kind of, you know. You know? I'm telling you, unless you have severe, um, severe what's the word insecurities yeah. and, you, and you're doing shit for other people and this i know this is a lot of money still but if you're making 100 grand a month you don't need us any more money you can be as happy like exactly money's, but even i'd say less yeah dude if I you're making 20 you, grand a yeah. month 30 grand a month yeah you can, you can there's no whatever. excuses to not be happy like it's, yeah there's no more i need there's no there should be yeah. no more lack you exactly. gotta go internal if there is exactly exactly and that's what I, i've come to i'm like man i wouldn't you know, I never, I guess I never really wanted the fancy cars or big houses. I just, I've always wanted to say, I just want more money to have enough time. But then what I'm addicted to is the building process. I genuinely enjoy building systems, finding solutions and creating opportunity. Like it's fun. And I'm sure you're the same. Like it's not even about money at this point. It's like, it's fun. But I, I, I learned that and I, I grew up very low and middle class. I didn't have mm. a lot of money. Um, so obviously when you grow up. Yeah. With like that, you obviously want, you want money. Exactly. So that's you can what I change too. that. Yeah. And then after probably about a year of business, I'd earned quite a lot of money, like did pretty well early on. And then that was awesome. You kind of get sucked into that life of the mean and buying the Gucci, the very yeah. real. That did you go shit. through that phase? For like three months. How did you find that? I was like, what am I fucking doing, man? Like yeah. I'm not, this isn't even my style. Like yeah. I'm just wearing it. Like what, what am I doing? I thought it was fucking so dumb. Do you think it was societal pressure that made you oh, feel? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like you want to, it's like you want to flex, yeah. you know? Oh, look, look what I'm doing. Look at like, mm. it's, but it's, it's stupid, man. And I also learned that like you can, there's certain businesses that I could start or you could start yeah. that are built around 
how can I make the most money possible? Yeah. But I realized that what we were just talking about, I only need to earn X amount of money. Yeah. And um, if I can enjoy what I do every day, I'm sweet. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm trying to just not automate, but automate certain areas of the business where I can have a bit more time. Because mm-hmm. I am so burnt out, dude. Like there's been days I just don't want to get out of bed. I'm like, this is not good because I need to love doing what I do. Like yeah. I'm a content creator. I need to be in front of the camera. I can't be in front of the camera looking fucking You sad, need to be excited and know? energetic exactly. every day. Yeah. And like there's only so many hours in the day. And if you're, I'm literally waking up 5.30, clocking off at 9 p.m., 9.30, 10.30. And I struggle to sleep because I have so many ideas that I want to execute. But then you just, but I also understand that I need to sleep. So you're in bed for like two hours. I'm like, fuck, I just wasted so much time. So you end up getting up and doing the work and then you just don't sleep. <laughs> Dude, I've been, as, as we said off, off camera, I think it was, I don't know if it was on camera. Um, I've been working every single day this whole week, yeah. 15 hour days. Like That's wake up to go to sleep. And it's like, I enjoy, I've enjoyed most of what yeah. I've had to work. There's certain things I don't. And it's like, I work this hard because I want to get to a position yes. where all I do is work on the things that I love. Uh, and that's sweet. But I, I heard this quote this week and it, and it made me think it's like, most people, the problem with most people is they work so they don't have to work. Yeah. But if you can find work that you love to do, then it doesn't really matter. Work. Like you've yeah. won. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, like we do love what we do, but there's obviously certain tasks that is a bit annoying, mm-hmm. but we just got to get it done. And yeah, ideally, like I just want time. I want time, peace and and, and quietness. Yeah. Um, I want to rewind a bit again back to your childhood and then we'll, yeah. we'll start getting into when you started getting into training and yeah. bodybuilding and stuff now. Um, moving to Australia, you mentioned like, obviously it would have been a lot more difficult for you to come as like a Filipino in Australia. Yeah. There was more racism back then, late nineties, yeah, yeah. early two thousands. Yeah. What was, what was that experience like? Well, so I grew up in the middle East. I actually grew up in Dubai. Um, I was there for about seven, eight years and I, I would say the bullying there was a lot more intense. Really? Um, I guess because the culture of entitlement and money. Um, so you got young kids with parents making a fuck ton of money, feeling so super entitled, right? Mm-hmm. I was a skinny kid, skinny Asian kid, could barely speak English, um, had a terrible fucking accent, couldn't pronounce certain words. Um, and I was an easy target, you know, it was an easy pick. And I guess that also stems to ne- that, that feeling of never feeling enough and looking a certain way so that you deflect people. Like, you know, uh, like I almost try to look a certain way so that people treat you a certain way, which is kind of sad, but that's a sad reality of the fucking world, you know? Um, but yeah, it was pretty rough, man. Like I would, you know, the reason I had a lot long hair was to cover my eyes and my ears because I felt like my ears were too big, my eyes were too small, like I was squinty. Um, so that that really fucked with my self-confidence. And like, yeah, just people treating you like shit. I never want to feel that way again. And like, even, even like talking about it now, and I, don't, I still don't understand why it still triggers emotions, but it does. You know, like I still remember like some kid like kicked me in the fucking face. Um, like someone would like slap the back of my head. And my relationship with my parents, they never really understood growing up. So that didn't help. Um, they're a lot more sensitive now because I was a first first child as well. So I was like the, the trial, the trial <laughs> run. You know what I mean? Um, so they're a lot more nurturing to my brothers, which is great. But um, at the time, you know, and that caused a lot of like anxiety and made it difficult to meet new people. And I had to kind of break out of that as well. And it's still something I, I deal with, I guess. So did you ever get like forced into fights and, and things like that? No, no, because I would, I was never, I would never stand up for myself, man. I would just kind of let, like, let shit happen um, and just kind of walk the other way. I still do. Like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a violent guy. Yeah. Like, if you're going to punch me in the face, what's that going to fucking prove, dude? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and do you feel like 
all those experiences were like one of the first real driving factors for you to get into the gym? Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. Just uh, feeling weak, feeling disrespected, undervalued, um, not being enough, you know? So, yeah. What age did you start training? So, funny story. I started doing like sit-ups and stuff at home because it was like I had a crush on this girl. <laughs> and she would always like – they would always like pick my mates because like they're Australian. They were um, in better shape. They had abs. I'm like, fuck, let me get jacked. So, I was just doing sit-ups every day. Like doing like 600 sit-ups and I maintained that until I was like 15, 16. Um, so I, I signed up to my my first gym membership at around 16 years old. Yeah. yeah. How old are you now? I'm 24. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just yeah, 24 October. Time flies. Because you're, you're young. I wasn't sure how old you are. I was going to say, yeah. what, what's sick? Like obviously you train with like uh, say a chest bra. Yeah, yeah. Good now. old chesty. Were you – maybe you're too young, man, because for me, bro, like – I was like mean all my mates to like 16, just got to the gym mm. and then Ziz pops up. Yeah. <sighs> Changed my life, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, Ziz is, his movement was quite revolutionary, right? Because he normalized. Changed the fucking world. He changed man. the industry, man, because he normalized aesthetics. Like, I, you know, back in the day, I wasn't really following the fitness industry back then because I was in a different fucking country. So, um, hmm. you know, nobody really went to the gym unless they're like big dudes, uh, but he's kind of made it more mainstream. Dude, he fucking changed the world. I'm telling you, man. He was he was an influencer before influence ever ever existed. Yeah, well, social media wasn't really prominent back then, right? Nah, yeah. it was like just Facebook and yeah. YouTube. And That's I think all he was, was writing forums on bodybuilding.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the th he was so ahead of his time. And like, I've heard you speak about Andrew Tate mm. and you have kind of like a similar outlook on him to me. Like 80% of the stuff, 90% yeah. of the stuff, I, I, honestly, yeah. he gets hated on because he's going against the norm. In terms of believing in yourself, fucking mm. working hard, deciding what life you want, fucking not not like letting like mm. people get you down. I fucking love all that shit. But the only thing is like the yeah. When it comes the, to women, women and stuff, I, I don't agree with it. Either. Yeah, yeah, I know. And like the people that really love him, I I'm like yeah. It's um, it's also a marketing tactic. I don't it know is. if you really believe that, yeah. but like I feel like Ziz was like creating like the benefits and the positivity movement behind that before way before. Mm. This is like fucking. 10, it was kind of creating that movement of like, just do whatever you want to do and just yeah. live your fucking life, dude. Yeah. 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 So what's it like? I was going to say, I don't know if you grew up um, training with, with him, but what's it like that America trip going over with those boys uh, networking, yeah. building yourself up over there? So it's funny, like me and Chessie's only known each other for about a year, year and a half. I was just, I was actually his camera guy. Um, oh, wow. That's how I got into it. And then my social media picked up and I started to add value in different ways to his life. And he really appreciates that because I think he's stood a bit of a standstill. Um, so I, I, just, I was like, Chessy, you have so much fucking potential, bro. Like, you can do so much. And he's like, man, like, you're not making, you know, like, how the fuck are you doing what you're doing? You, you literally just started in the fitness scene and now you're blowing the fuck up. <laughs> like, how the fuck are you making this much money? I'm like, bro, you can be making 10 more times yeah. than I am. You just need to know how. And you just need to see it. Um, so that's, you know, and we kind of help each other out. And I got to owe it to him as well for… um. One, giving me so many fucking opportunities like that he doesn't have to. And two, um, making me almost question my life in the sense that he's right. Like I watched him, like after that trip, I watched him. He was happy. He was relaxed. He wasn't working. I was always fucking stressed out. He was like, oh, I just, you know, he's making money. Although it might not be as much, but he's making money and he's happy. And he's happy that he's making money and he's not working that much. And I'm like, fuck, like this is something I need to adapt into my life. And same thing with Greg, you know, um, watching him and the way he functions, 
like he's just in front of the camera and everybody else does everything else. And I'm like, I need to get to that. So I need to build the foundations, the pillars and the systems to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So perspective is huge. And even my first America trip, before I went, I was making maybe 10 to 15 grand per month. Um, and I was speaking to a few boys and they were like saying, oh, like I make X amount through marketing, affiliate marketing or sponsorships. I'm like you can make that kind of fucking money. And then that made me open my perspective. I'm like, why, why am I not doing the same? Came back, doubled my monthly income. They didn't teach me anything. It's just just perspective. Yeah. I was gonna ask about that. What about the America trip unlocked you and and was like the springboard for you, like doubling, tripling your earnings? Beyond just that, just experience. Like the world is so big, but so small. Like everybody's connected. Everybody knows everybody. Um, and it's such a small world. And like if somebody else is doing it, why can't why can't you do it too? You know? And on that point you just mentioned, I've had the same thing. Like I, 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 um, I've got friends, I know people that earn fucking more money than yeah. I do and they're fucking not anywhere near as happy. I'm like, yeah. although they're I, right now, I'm in a very, very busy phase, mm. but I'll still like take like at least one full day on the weekend yeah. off. Like I don't, I'll, I'll work really hard, but I'll listen to my body if I'm feeling like I'm getting close to, but like I woke up this morning, bro, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Dude, I know One it's Friday, so I'm almost there, but yeah. I was like, it's been a really big week. I'm like, I can't go again to midnight tonight. Yeah. yeah. I'm, gotta, it's not worth it for me. It's not, it's not. You went to the gym, right? Yeah. Have yeah, you worked yeah. with a coach in the past? No. Nah. Do you know what deloading means? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. so, uh, the majority of my audience are gym bros and people that go to gym. I like to use gym analogies, right? So when you're training, let's say you do a 12 week period. There's typically a deloading phase. It could be in the middle. It could be after just depending on training intensity. So just like your fucking brain, you need to have a deloading period so that you can reset, let the body recover, reduce inflammation, and then so you can continue to progress forward. 100%. If you don't take that deloading period, you're going to get injured. You're going to get, you, you know, you're going to run across so many fucking problems mm. and you're just hindering potential growth. Yeah, it's just it's just as true with the physical body as it is exactly, with the mind, exactly. emotionally, yeah. mentally. Yeah, fucking for sure. And I like this analogy you speak about. Is like life is is just like a one it's big massive one gym. big fucking gym, bro. You just progressive overload life. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly how it works. What have what, what have you been able to take from your learnings in the gym? How long have you been training for now? Like since, seriously? Oh man, like I've been training consistently for since I was like yeah sixteen. Like that's how I so looked like my life. Eight years, full yeah, consistent. Yeah, but like. Smart, probably like two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah two, two, two or so years is when I got coaches, got mentors, started to really dabble into applying more th theories and, and whatnot. That's when I started to really. Yeah, you've, you've almost started to answer my next question. It's like the coaching, the mentors, looking for new ways to do things. How, what have you taken from, from your knowledge in the fitness world and, and with training? How have you then taken those learnings and applied that to your business career, to, yeah. to life in general? This is what I always say, and I wish I got mentors and stuff earlier. I mean, to be honest, I still haven't really worked with a life mentor or a business mentor, but when you're creating a service, let's say, let's say I did coaching, I would work, and this wasn't initially my goal, but I would work with other coaches. And then I, with each coach, I would pull apart what I enjoyed about the services, what I think they could have improved on, and then add that onto my services. Mm -hmm. So, and each coach... You're going to identify, and I'm not saying they were bad coaches, but oh, nobody's perfect. I'm sure there's areas that I can improve on. But what I would do is I would take all the negatives, make sure I don't do the negatives, take all the positives and keep all the positives. And through that, re that process and then the feedback based on your customers, you can really 
creates a prestigious experience and results. If if people genuinely care about their customers and spend oh, yeah. time analyzing the customers, whether you're product based, like yeah. like me predominantly, or whether you're service based, coaching, mentoring, if you're an accounting firm, whatever, if you truly listen to your customers and and always it's like the self-awareness on an individual level, yeah. but on a business level always analyzing what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what you can improve on. Yeah. Then regardless of what you apply that to, life, business, relationships, sport, Everything. anything, yeah. you will grow so much faster. But it's people don't do that. Like they'll either be someone who we've all been guilty of. You just work, 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 work. But sometimes you're busy for the sake of being busy and you haven't just taking one day to stop, mm. analyze where you're going, what you've been working yeah. towards, what what are you enjoying, what are you not enjoying, what's, what's changed. Yeah. Like, cause if you have your blinkers on, like having your blinkers on at times is really good in life, but also you miss shit. You miss opportunities to grow, opportunities to improve different things. So yeah. it's, it's, it's difficult if you don't have that ability to always adjust. You need to be open to feedback and criticism. I think too many people get too offended too fast. Um, you know, I, obviously it comes down to delivery, but if it's, you know, produced in a concise way, it can change your fucking life. You know? I, I, I want to ask you what, what was the moment that you realized that, fuck, I can have an epic life. I can create my own reality. Oh, okay. I still don't think I'll have an epic life, but I did realize I can create my own reality. You have an epic life already. I think it could be a lot better. Oh, of course. <laughs> but like the moment you realize that, what the fuck, I, I can do what I want. Well, I live most of my days in my room <laughs> and I like don't leave. So I wouldn't call that. A, that's epic. There's moments like, I think Iman, um, I don't know if you watch Iman Gautzi on YouTube, like life comes in seasons, you know, life really does come in seasons. There's periods where you have fun, there's periods where you just, yeah, he's a J. You just grind. Um, but I guess what I realized, I don't know, man, I don't, I can't recall if there was a specific moment, but there's, you know, language is such a powerful tool. Um, you can control the outcome of people's responses, which is pretty fucking wild to think about. I like to call it um, the Dr. Strange effect. Me and my girlfriend, like we, we joke about it all the time because I'd sit there and I'd like pause and I, you know you know that scene where he's like going like this? I would do that and I'm like, okay, if I use this tonality, what would the outcome be? If I use these sequence of words, what would the outcome be? And when I realized that that is a tool that exists and Gary Vee does it as well, um, it changes your fucking life. Yeah, you know and I, mean? I think as well for a lot of people, it's just um, seeing it or hearing yeah. it for the, for the first time. It's yeah. like, I'll tell you, as, as I've said, I, I was already always ambitious and always had quite a lot of self-belief. But if you just, I, if I know if I go internally, I had doubts, um, mm. really deep doubts about how far I could take it. Like what I thought was a really sick life was like working in corporate, and working and earning a couple hundred grand a year, sell yeah. your soul for like two, three hundred grand a year. You yeah. know, I thought that's what I thought was epic. And then it, it took me seeing a couple examples, for example, people starting e-commerce businesses with only like yeah. 10, 20 grand. I'm like, oh, well, I, I can get that amount yeah. of money and try that. But I didn't really believe it until I started Jeez. to do things for myself. But it's like, if we can give people that without yes. them having to do them themselves, yes. It's just we live in such a society, such a world with social media, with online businesses, with everything. You can. Yeah. We don't have to live a shit life. You don't we, have to yeah. settle for average. Like you can – yeah, like we're, we're just like normal people. You know, I think growing up I, I separated myself too much from the people that I used to watch. So my goal for my page is like, dude, I'm literally just like you. I'm just Alex Mendoza from the fucking hills. Nothing special came from me. I, I came from a third world country. So like why can't you do it? Like you have access to the internet. Mm -hmm. You know, you just capitalize on that. Like, 
it's crazy what we can do. And there's so many influencers out there with like tens and thousands, hundred thousands, millions of followers that don't make a single dollar through their platforms. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And like, yeah, I, I, like I'd love to film, but I gotta go to my job. I'm like, yeah. Do you know how much money you could earn? I'm like, yeah, have a fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> and and I love what you were just saying. You're not special. You're just Alex Mendoza from the hills, yeah. dude. I grew up in fucking Western Sydney. I grew up in yeah, Preston's, bro. man. Like, yes, sir. <laughs> right near Liverpool, bro. Yeah. Now, look, 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 look what you can do. And like, it's just. People have these doubts, these invisible shackles that don't realize what's fucking possible, man. Yeah. But if you like, you just need to find a way to start believing and like, you need, and you can yes. fucking do it, bro. You need to believe in yourself. You know, just like sales. If you don't believe in the product, it's hard to sell the product. But you are the product. Yeah. You know I mean? So just believe in yourself and other people believe in you. Man, there's been in so many situations where someone's like, hey man, like, I noticed you have a camera. <laughs> my first gig was, sorry, Anytime Fitness. But <laughs> my first gig was Anytime Fitness. Um, one of my mates did the marketing and he's like, hey, dude, like, I noticed you have a camera. Like, Anytime Fitness actually needs a guy to do their campaigns this month. Dude, I have a shitty DSLR. I did not even know how to use it. He's like, y you reckon you can do it? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'll just figure it out as I went. Bought a gimbal that day, learned it that night and like just winged it, dude. And they're like, yeah, this is pretty good. I was like, I don't even know how to charge them. And then when I charged them like, you know, a couple grand. I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, this is, yeah. I can do this. Um, so sometimes just like, don't be scared. And I always like to say, just iron decreases out later. Too many people are worried about the problems that they might encounter going to bridge A when they might end up in bridge B. So they spend so much time formulating plans to avoid that, but they might not even go through that road. So yeah. what's the point? You yeah. just wasted time. Dude, you just need to start. And like, I do quite a bit of like mentoring and coaching the people mm. and like, Ecom space predominantly as well. And like, it's just, it's just, you got to open their eyes to that. And once yeah. they realize, I'm like, dude, once you, life is a game. Life is a video game, dude. So stop playing like RuneScape yeah. <laughs> and fucking your RuneScape. It's you like I mean? when you, when you start getting your first Shopify cha-chings, oh. it's just, it's a game. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. In, in, in a day, this is going to be my bank account and then I can go spend it. Yeah. It's like, it changed. It's like, it's what the crazy. fuck? And then you realize life is a game. It's a game. Dude. Anyone can win. I know it's harder for some people. We all start with, with yeah. different circumstances, yeah. you know, different amount of resources, different family story. But if you're in listening to this and you're an adult and you want to change your life for the better, believe you, you fucking can. You need to believe in yourself. No, but you can. It's not believe. Yeah. You just can. That's true. That's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you can. It is possible. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. You know, just do, do, do you have any quotes or have you had any conversations? I'd like a quote you've read that changed your perspective or Ooh. have you had any conversations with anyone I in business or peers? A couple that conversations that really stuck out to me the most. Um, I'm not going to name names, but they're, they're mainly in the fitness industry. One was I asked them like dealing with stress. And I, I think one of my questions was, aren't you worried that everything will just disappear because social media is so versatile? Like, doesn't that stress you out? Or like, how, do you still feel stressed? Because in my head, I was like, no, you, you're sweet. You're set up. And they responded with, no, I'm constantly stressed. But it's just learning how to manage and understand that stress will always be there. And don't let that dictate your, the quality of your life. I'm like, holy shit. Like, okay, stress is always going to be there. So why do I keep trying to fix it if it's just never going to disappear? Yeah, it's it's and there's good stress and bad stress 100%. as well. Like most stress is good stress in yeah. my eyes. Me too, because um, it's a pressure, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't do great things without pressure. You can't even just change your life without dealing with pressure. Like no, there's no super easy path with no risk, no hard work, yeah. no pressure to change your life. And it's the same with problems. Like everyone's going to have problems. It's but be grateful for what your problems are. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you'd rather be, you know, suffering under these circumstances and this circumstance you know like it's it's uh sometimes people get 
too caught up and I think the word is entitled, right? Like despite the situation, and I always say them like being in the third world country, man, we, we have life good. Even the bare minimum around here, like the government supports us, the structure is really good. Australia's and even compared to other countries, like Australia is really well structured compared to even America. Um, we get a lot of government support. Yes, we pay a fuck ton of taxes, but it helps people. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but there's people out there, and this is what I used to say, right? It's a can't complain mentality, right? Like we, our suffering, well, our, in our situation is our choice. Like when I'm dieting and I'm starving myself intentionally, it's a privilege to have the fucking ability <laughs> to do that when there's people out there who literally have no choice but not fucking eat, mm-hmm. you know? Like it is my choice to starve myself it is my like i would be complaining when i'm bulking eating four and a half thousand calories i'm like oh i'm so fucking full i don't want to eat this i feel like throwing up that is a privilege mm. how many people in the world can say i'm forcefully no one's even told me to do it i'm deciding to eat a lot of food so i can put on muscle and you have you know the ability I mean? to just go buy it you exactly know? Not a lot of people have that how many people have that man not many people can go to a grocery store but the thing is in australia um a lot of people, when you say that, they, they don't agree. Yeah. Again, it's that feeling of entitlement, right? Like, it's like, what do you mean? It's our right. I'm like, it's, no, no one, you know? Yeah, but like they just, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just this. It's tricky. It's this, it's this just like a little bit of, um, a little bit of like hive mind. It's like, but no, like gratitude, dude. Like yeah. how could we fucking have it? If it's you live so in Australia, here, 99% have like, opportunities that some of the world would dream of. Like I know there's the most, I'm not saying every single person, Yeah. but like even if you're on government allowances, you have a really rough patch, you can in the space of a year, two years, if you find support or or, or find a path, Mm. you can get your way out of that. Yeah. And like you should have, you can have a roof over your head, you can can eat food. But I've tried to have conversations with people about that and for some reason we get pushed back. Interesting. Like, yeah. you know, Alan like says. Yeah, I saw that. Stuff. Yeah. I think it's almost comes from a point of they don't want to take responsibility for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, like I'm in this situation because X, Y, Z. It's not my fault, yeah, right? It's not my fault. Yeah. Victim mentality, I guess you'd call it, right? Yeah. Accountability, man. Let's uh, Victim mentality, some people get like, I don't even want to be triggering. It's yeah. just accountability. Yeah. Everyone needs to have accountability. They do, yeah. You, don't, you, you can, you don't have to. I'm not here to tell anyone to do, but no, no. if you if you want to live a life that you enjoy. Yeah. Like, look, if you're genuinely happy working corporate, because I know some people are, like, dude. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah, live corporate. You know, there's this nothing li- wrong with it. This life yeah. isn't for everyone. I yeah. Sometimes I fucking I be, like want to bash my head against the wall. Yeah, same. Bro, if you're happy, you've already won. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter who you yeah. work for, what job you do. How much you make, happy, who you with. You fucking won. That's it. Like, that's the end goal, right, for everybody. Yeah. Like what are we what are we designed to do? Mm. From a biological perspective, we're just meant to reproduce. Like that's what we're supposed to That's victory for that's humans. That's what we're like, supposed to be doing, right? But it's hard for humans, dude. The fucking how whack the world's got in the last yeah. 50 years with technology. Look at the last It's moving so fast. Our human brains evolved over millions of years, hundreds of thousands of years, changing, adapting, and it's like now we get these little devices in our phones yeah. and you get it's dopamine or it's stress yeah. or fear. Sinking and I remember when the Nokia fucking brick phones came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Like, fuck, man. years ago? We, uh, like, I our, feel old, dude. <laughs> we're talking, we're talking, I was talking about it to some mates yesterday. Remember when you yeah. had like infrared, you want to send stuff, you have to put your phones next. To, you're 24, maybe you guys don't know <laughs> like infrared. Infrared, what's that? You guys don't know, infrared. <laughs> do you know infrared? 
fuck, I'm old, man. <laughs> you guys would have had Bluetooth where you can be yeah, like, we had Bluetooth. on the other yeah, side. Yeah, before yeah, before, yeah, yeah. before uh, Bluetooth, fuck, I'm really sure I'm age, yeah. <laughs> you had these, your phones had like this little red, um, little red part on the side of them and you'd have to legit touch them to each other and you could send files like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That, I, that's wild that you guys didn't, didn't know that. I yeah. think it was only for a few years, so it makes oh. sense. Um, but I want to talk about like with your coaching and yeah. stuff, you do, you do a lot of work with people and I imagine, I know you, what you do is physical. You're, you're coaching people to, to, you know, improve their physique Ooh, one way or another, yeah. but how much of that is really mental? Oh, it's actually a lot. So I wouldn't, I don't coach as, how do I say this? Like, it, I, I wouldn't say my coaching style is quite traditional to your typical PT or bodybuilder, you know, bodybuilder competitor. Like, I do a lot of lifestyle coaching. So my goal for all my clients is, my priority is to optimize their environment. I'm not going to tell you, sack everything. You need to go to the gym five times a week <laughs> to get the most fucking results. No, look, if it's not feasible because you, you have a family, you have commitments, look, let's look at the resources and time you have access to and formulate a program, a plan, a diet plan that optimizes that. Because psychologically, if I tell you train six times a week and you physically do not have the time, and it's, it goes beyond than just making excuses, especially if you're new, right? You're gonna feel like you're failing already. So instead of forcing you to do six times a week, let's start with three. And then eventually you're gonna start to get addicted to it and it becomes more and more a priority. So there's a lot of psychology that goes behind it. Um, and it's just about, cause I coach a lot of you know business owners as well and it comes down to time management, just making convenience. Um, like at the end of the day, I always say this, not everybody wants to be a fucking bodybuilder. Not everybody's trying to be a bodybuilder. They might think they want to be, but then they get a bit of a taste of that life and it, it's intense. Like it's fucking intense from the dieting, the bulking, the eating disorders, the fucking the drugs, like everything. There's so much. Um, and before getting so, I wouldn't even say I'm super, super deep into it. I can definitely go beyond, but I used to look up to Jeremy Bundia, who's an American competitor. I don't know if you guys know him. Jeremy Bundia, um, half Filipino. And I was like, fuck, like, that's the goal. And then I realized the amount of drugs that took it to get there, the lifestyle, he used to bash his wife, like the mental health. I'm like, yo, okay, I don't want to be there. And there's so many famous people. I, I, you know, back in the day, I used to think everybody with a couple hundred thousand followers would be making a lot of money. These guys have, are making a lot of money because sponsors, et cetera. Deeper you got to, I got into it. I'm like, this isn't actually the case. So I'm like, well, I'm happy to sacrifice a bit of size for more life and more fulfillment. And that's what I try to preach to all my, all the people that are on board. And I will always make sure that their health and their goals are prioritized. So I'll be like, look, if this is where you wanna be, okay, these are the extremes that we might have to take it. Just understand that. But we can also get there. It might just take you a little bit longer, but you're able to sustain mental clarity when it comes to business. Your life quality is good. Um, obviously there's certain things that we will have to sacrifice to get to certain things. Like that's the sad reality, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, it's just delivering to their expectations, making that clear. And that's why goal setting is very important because that will influence the decisions that comes behind the protocols provided. But the goal set needs to come from them, right? Exactly. I'm not going to sit there and be like, hey, man, we need to get you shredded to get you competed. <laughs> we need you at 9% body fat. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just trying yeah, it's like, well, I'm just trying to look good for the beach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've had experiences with previous coaches that kind of – and that, this is what I mean by taking the good and the bad. My first coach – Put me on a fuck ton of drugs, like so much drugs. And I was just told that, what, what did he say? He said something like, uh, anyways, it's something like, oh, this is, this is joke 
joking measurements, whatever it was. Like, it's not that much. It's what he's trying to say. But he said it in such a way. And being so young, having so much hunger for growth, and thinking that it was absolutely necessary, I was like, I'm willing to do whatever it fucking takes even if it kills me. But that was young, you know? That was, you know, I say young, but like a year, two years ago, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you mentioned something as well, and I wanted to ask about what it's like in your industry. I worked at a gym for a couple of years, mm. so I really loved that. So surrounded by a lot, no, no, in no way like you were, and, and it's clear, like you said, a lot of people that would come to you don't want to be bodybuilders necessarily yeah. because bodybuilding, it's not just the sport, it's a fucking it's, lifestyle. It's right? intense, dude. There's so much sacrifice. There's so much mental health, mental... You, you need to be a different breed, dude. You have to, like... But just like body dysmorphia, for an example, yeah. how, how how rife is that in bodybuilding? Oh, man, like very, I guess. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess because you're, st you're one, surrounded by so many people with such phenomenal physiques, so that becomes a standard. Two, it's just, again, never feeling enough and becoming addicted to the process. If I go back to myself six years ago and I look at myself now, I'm like, wow, like mm. this is exactly what I want to be. And right now I still feel like a skinny little bitch. <laughs> you know, I still feel small. I could be better. And then on top of that, when you introduce PEDs, you can only look a certain way for such a short period of time. So what, I, what the problems I would have, especially with previous cuts is that, and uh, by no means am I a bodybuilder. I don't like to identify as a bodybuilder because I don't feel like I've deserved that title because I haven't competed. I haven't gotten down to like, you know, I don't. I feel like I hold that title to be prestigious. Mm -hmm. So when I make the title, I want to make sure I put the work in first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, like for example, um, you get to a certain body fat, and if you drink a little bit of water, you're not as dry, and you can't just not fucking drink water yeah. for the rest of your life. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. But because, if, especially if you have an addictive personality, you see where you can be, and you want to be there all the time. But sad reality is. You can't. Because a lot of a lot of people that can peak get like post comp depression a bit, right? Yeah, They're yeah, like, Fuck, yeah. I don't look like that anymore. Yeah, exactly. You don't need peak for like a very finite well, period. Well, for competing, you only peak for a day. Yeah. You know, so like, wouldn't you rather look good year round, like sustain a? And that's where I'm trying to be. I'm so addicted to being so fucking dick skin peeled, mm. um, because social media, unfortunately, it does well. You know, yeah. that's a sad reality. You look shredded, content looks better, you get business sales better. So, you know, so it's just what you got to do with. Do you know many people in your life, friends, people you've worked with, yourself maybe, that have struggled with like eating disorders oh, and bro, stuff? So many. Like you'd be surprised how many people in the fitness industry has problems. Wow. Like almost everybody. I would talk to them and they're like, yeah, dude, I was doing the same fucking thing. I was like, damn. And it's like, and they, they always say, I don't talk to anybody about it because they don't understand. I'm pretty open. I just, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Like if you think I have a problem, whatever, who cares? <laughs> what have been some of your challenges you've had to work through? Dude, recently, because I've been doing such crazy cuts and bulks in such a short period of times, I started forcefully vomiting food out. And at first, I was like, well, yeah, whatever, it's a one-off. But the problem became when it was repetitive. And I started to notice that this was a repeating habit. And I would always look in, my mirror, in the mirror and I would say, fuck, I lost. I'm not as dry. Or I'm missing a vein on my stomach or whatever that might be. Because, oh, I ate too late last night. So I would just, you know... Um, and that would obviously impact my mood, my relationships, my business, the way I treat clients. Like if I'm at the gym, I'm just so fucking depressed. I hated it. I hated being there. I just want to go in and get the fuck out. And that ruined it for me. So right now I'm just kind of chilling, just trying to rebuild my relationship with food. The first step is obviously identifying that it's yes. become a bit of an issue, yeah, right? Yeah. But I think people are too scared to admit that they have a problem to themselves as well. People are like, oh, fuck, that's a problem. I'm just going to avoid it. Go the other way. 
It's like, no, I acknowledge the fact that this is fucked and I'm going to try to fix it because if I just keep ignoring it, it's just going to be a bigger and bigger problem. And that's that concept applies to everything in your life, right? Stop running away from the fucking problem and just deal with it. I'm, I'm very big on regardless of what your pursuit is, whether it be physique, mm. business, whatever. If you just everyone, and I mean, I don't like saying advice for everyone, but in my opinion, if you just always optimize for happiness, yeah. that's better. Like, okay, you might look better if you're throwing up your meals like yeah. every day or every second day. Which is whatever. not a good thing. I'm not. But, but, no, no. But I mean, but how happy are you? You're not. Exactly. You're hating. You're, you're not even enjoying training anymore. Yeah, What's the point? Like if training, training to a certain uh, physique makes you happy, but then going beyond that affects the rest of your life, then it's not, is yeah. it not worth, it's not fucking worth And that's it. why it's important to really understand what you're working towards because to get to certain places, you need to do certain things, unfortunately. And look, some people can maintain that physique without the drugs, without all this. Like liver king, know, right? Without yeah, the drugs. like some, some people <laughs> can do it without, but it just, it just depends, you know. It's a learning process for everybody. Maybe a year from now, I'd be like, oh, I can do it without having to do all that. Mm. It's just time, man, and it's learning. And, you know, um, I think, and that's another thing I want to touch on. Like people jump into steroids way too fucking fast. Like I want, I, I was natural for five, six years. And the reason I, I hopped on was initially to compete. Um, and that was because, you know, I was, again, you're just surrounded by people, just like anything, right? If you're surrounded by five alcoholics, you become the six. So I guess in this situation, everybody was on me was around me was on gear. I was young, surrounded by older people on gear, wanted to look like them, ended up helping on. Um, and I was skeptical, but because I wanted it so bad, I just did it. And now what I've done is all from the, the bads that I've learned and the mistakes that I've made, I can now apply that to everyone that I coach and make sure they, they don't suffer the same problem. So whenever someone's traveling, let's say my, uh, a recent client, he got absolutely shredded, um, named Slava. So he, he got shredded and then I made sure that we reversed dieted him so that he doesn't go through the same problem I did and like binge mm. eat overseas. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line and it's like getting the best out of yourself but pushing it too far. Mm. Like I, there's, a, there's a bit of a movement now over the last year or two in, in the business scene. It's like to try and um, not push like the toxic hustle culture. Yeah. Which I, I think can that. be an issue because like I there'll be kids so. smashing four cans of fucking V a day, like big energy drinks a day working all night because they feel like they have to, but it's like, why are you fucking putting yourself yeah. through that? Um, I want to ask about like your clients that come to you. Do you work with, is it more like intermediates looking to get more serious or do you work with the beginners and stuff? Um, it's well? actually like beginners to intermediates. So I never coach competitors. Yeah. Um, it's just too much responsibility. I don't want to be you know, responsible for their health because it's there's a lot of protocols involved, but it's like anywhere from teachers wanting to get into better shape, business owners trying to find the time, people just wanting to learn more. Um, so it, they vary from 16 to 35, 40. Mm. Yeah. And what's some of the biggest mental roadblocks that you see come up pretty frequently that are stopping people from achieving their goals? Mm, that's, uh, it's died. It's primarily died. A lot of people think they know how to train as well, which is what I used to think as well. But then they come in, they show me what they do. And I'm like, no, there's a lot of things <laughs> that we're actually lagging. So the main issue though is sticking to a diet plan. Um, and it's hard because people feel like, like your diet doesn't have to feel like a diet. Like my, my clients enjoy the food that they eat. I try to always tailor the meals. Like you'll get a sheet where I'm like, what do you eat now? And let's say, oh, I have ham and cheese for breakfast or I'll have an egg. I'm like, okay. Let's eat that. 
And they're like, I can eat this? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, let's have wheat bix for training. And they're like, I've never had wheat bix before. They eat it. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, dude. You don't need to starve. Like, it doesn't have to be miserable. And like, I'm feeding them kangaroo sausages. Like, kangaroo sausages slapped. I don't know if you guys had it. Yeah, I, back in the day when I was they're training. They're so good, man. And it's so low in calories. So, like, it doesn't have to be so restrictive. Yeah. It just, again, depends on your goals. Yeah. And um, with... With that journey that you're going on yourself with your clients, obviously so much of it's tied up, like we said, in mental health. Yeah. Do you have now like daily practices or rituals or things that you have in your life? Maybe not daily, but tools that you have or just the, the things that you do to make sure that you can help yourself feel as, as good as you can mentally and emotionally? Um, there's, I can definitely work on that. The thing is, like, I coach so many clients, so I always prioritize their them. That's, that's the problem me. with being a coach, right? Yeah, like, I always prioritize them. Like, I, I'm there if they need me. Um, and because of that, I take a mental hit. So sometimes I'll kind of go away, um, spend some time with my partner, or every couple of days we have, like, a date night. That's scheduled in. That's important. Um, and I'll just take a bit of a breather, you know. Come back, feel refreshed, refill my battery, and then smash it out again. So yeah. where, like... Where are you looking to go in the next like two to five years? What's your goal? Um, to take all of this. I I want to keep scaling coaching. Um, I want to dabble into other business models as well. But I really just want to be in front of the camera. I love I love being in front of the camera. I love sharing stories and helping people and inspiring people. Um, so the more that I can do that, I reckon the happier I'll become. Mm. But I guess time will tell. I saw that pinned post on the top of your TikTok with your story. Oh yeah, really cool, man. Uh, by my grandma. Um, oh, the one oh, that, where you started, one. yeah, yeah, and you told the story about I think you got bashed for being Asian, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of motivated you now, yeah, and yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, I think um, I think it's important for people to know that you are a work in progress. You know, you're not going to be perfect. You'll never be perfect. You can always just aim to be better. So as long as you're better than you were yesterday, that's what fucking matters, right? As long as you're trying as well, like as long as you're trying to give it a go, give it a crack, and just improve overall. Yeah, and. And on the, on the social media content creation thing, before we wrap this up, you've grown pretty quickly, right? You know, yeah. like, um, Chester was like, dude, what the fuck? You're like, yeah. you're doing so yeah. well already. What, how do you think you've been able to grow so quickly? Like almost half a million on TikTok, over oh. 160K on Instagram. Before we get into that, I want to say like numbers really don't mean shit. Like I, and people always come up like, oh man, you're doing so well. You're famous now. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter. Um, but like, I think when I started TikTok, I created a lot of controversial conversations, um, which ignited a lot of comments, which helped the algorithm. Mm. Um, but also it comes down to pattern reading and really understanding your audience and you know strategizing around that and understanding what performs really well and why it performs really well, then kind of regurgitate or recreate that style. So if there's a pattern to it, you know, going viral, it can be accidental, but it could also be intentional. Yeah. How do you how do you take it from like what are you looking for? Because there's a lot of people, whatever their business they're in, they they should be using social media to grow it, right? Hundred percent. What do you? How do you go from like? Because the first times you go viral, yeah, it might yeah. be accidental. Yes. How do you start looking at all the times you've gone viral? Videos have popped off. What are you looking at? And then how do you like take that and be like create a process so I can go viral more often? Mm. So like. Just like reiteration, right? You create A and then you try to, it's it, testing A, Bs, and Cs, right? You One video goes viral, speculate why you think it made viral. 
you might think it's because of A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. Create A, B, C content, see which one does really well. Yeah, and then nice. let's say A pops off. And then why do you think A did really well? And then again, A, B, C, B pops off. And then through that, you can refine. And also just watch what's trending, man. And try to understand why they're, they're doing well. It's it's just fucking pattern reading. Yeah, yeah, I love that, man. It's such a process. It's, a process. it's just breaking it down like a process. Yeah. And that's what I do with coaching as well. Like I'll say, here are your numbers. Let's figure it out. Test it out. Come back to me next week and let's analyze the data. And it's the same thing. Life is just one big fucking gym. <laughs> mm. Fuck, I love that, man. That Because you've grown really quickly. And I, I love that because it's it's hard to – you like when you're trying to coach people, you want to be able to give them a system, not just, yeah. oh, just try different things. It's like, yeah, try yeah. different things. Eventually, if you're good enough, you go viral. But they have a, a, a way. Now, if you're someone that hasn't gone viral yet, look at the people that have. Yeah. Look at their videos. Yeah. Look at all the ones that have been popping off for the people that you look up to in exactly. a similar niche, in a similar industry. Speculate, like you said, mm. what, why do you think maybe this video went viral? Yeah. Why didn't it? Um, so that's sick, man. I think that's a really good place to, to wrap it up. But for anyone who wants to know more about you, your, your, your coaching, anything you're doing, find all your content, where's the best place they can uh, find you? Yeah, check it out on Instagram, the.mendoza or TikTok. I think it's .m3ndoza. So it's Mendoza. But I'm tr- just primarily on Instagram. Instagram, yeah, yeah, find yeah. everything. Yeah. And when did you start your whole coaching journey? About two years ago. Two years a year ago. and a half, two years ago, yeah. And has it deve- changed much and developed since this? Like you would have learned a lot about a lot. business and process, yeah, right? Yeah, so much. It's crazy. There's still so much I need to learn. And right now I'm just working on scaling. So we just onboarded a um, exercise scientist to help with programming, another coach, and yeah, just working wow, on scaling. Wow, sick. Yeah. So leveling it up. Yeah, Are yeah, you doing much like um, – Paid spend or is it all off the back of your organic, all organic content? All organic, man. All <sighs> organic. Well, recently I got a, a, a team to kind of help with lead gen. But mm-hmm. before that, I was just doing everything myself. Yeah. Until like until maybe two months ago, I was doing everything myself. It's the best way to get to a certain point yourself because yeah. you got to learn. You want to exactly. know about all the different aspects yeah, of the business. You're gonna know your business. Obviously, your margins are going to be better yeah. if, you, if, you, if you're doing everything yourself. Yeah. And but then it's you, like you want to take that mental piece so you're okay to spend that <laughs> Yeah, margin. spend a little yeah. bit more money. And yeah. then also it, it's two, two reasons why you, 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 you spend that more money. to um, yeah, Obviously, to buy back time, yes. buy relaxation yes. space. And then alternatively to get to the next level. Which exactly. And that's what I learned from Greg, watching Greg and Chessbar work. Mm. I'm like, I just, I need more time. Yeah. Cause Greg's like, how are you not, you're like, you're so unhappy, dude. <laughs> like, you're making this much, but you're so fucking unhappy. Mm. He's like, why don't you just pay people to do it? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so funny, man. Like you, you want to hold, you, you don't come from a lot and then you make a bit of money. It's, and you got to so rework fast. through that like relationship to money, yeah. like relationship to food. You got to have yeah. like a positive relationship with money. You got to spend money to make money. Exactly. Money flows in and out of you. You're gonna you're gonna draw more more yeah. of it to you. And like a lot of it has to come with family as well. Growing up, like we're brought to save money, hold on to it because we don't have much, right? But when you get to a certain level, you need to spend that, man. You do 100%. for life quality. Yeah, dude. Oh. The way I approach it um, is like you know, have you ever watched? You want to be a millionaire? Oh, I, th- I think I've seen a few episodes. Like you know, you answer each question, you get up to a certain amount, and then you're guaranteed to earn at least that. And then you get to the, like, answer yeah. five more questions. I always just like to work as hard as I can to get myself to um, a certain position where I know no matter what happens, I'm not going to fall back baseline. past here. Yeah. And then I can be free again because, like, I'm like anyone. I want to protect what I've created and, like, yeah. I want to create systems so I'm not going to have to start from zero again. Yeah. But it's it's hard for, 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 for everyone to, like, have that fully free relationship with money unless you're fucking balling. So yeah. set up a system where you know – like, okay, this is, this is, this is where I'm going to fall back on yeah. and then just fucking be free. Go for yeah. it. I love it, man. 
Sweet. Sweet. All right, let's wrap it up. Thanks, bro. Appreciate your time, man. It was a good chat, man. We could have uh, we could have taken that conversation a lot of different directions. No, it was really good, man. I enjoyed it. Cool. Thanks, brother. Cheers, boys. Let's do it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do your friends a favor and share this with them, and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.